But this is Duca on the move for Montreal. Billy Duca, let's see what he does. A left foot shot, that's in! Billy Duca beat his man, and the Rutgers product makes it 1-0 Montreal. This is Off the Woodworks with Kevin Laramie, the longest-running podcast entirely dedicated to the Montreal Impact. It's wide open now, Malice, plenty of room. As Pachuca have five players lined up across the back. An opportunity! Good day, good night, and welcome to a brand new edition of Off the Woodworks. So after two great victories at home, the Montreal Impact traveled back on the road to Chicago. Frank Klopasol's stomping ground you can say the same for Baki Sumare. And unfortunately, it did not go their way as Chicago wins 3-0. As you can hear, Donadale being sent off at the 37th minute. With two yellow cards. So on yellow card accumulation. And yes. He does look like a bull in a china shop sometimes. And sometimes he looks great. And sometimes he's that bull that kicks every little china on the ground. And gets broken and costs Montreal points. And yeah you could say that Montreal were not looking good. Before Donadell was uh, doing harsh and maybe risky tackles on that slippery pitch but yeah conditions were not in Montreal's side and but it's the same for Chicago it was a cold and rainy it was not an easy game to play at Toyota Park it was not that easy to perform and for the Montreal impact attack it was really not easy so uh, we'll talk quickly about this game today on the show We'll quickly mention uh, Seb Blatter quit today, so it can it threw another monkey wrench in all our podcast plans. But unfortunately, me and Dwayne were recording, so we scratched and we re-recorded a brand new edition of the Two Solitudes. Breaking news: Seb Blatter quits. Look for this right now on iTunes everywhere. You can get that Two Solitudes show. But on this show, we have Mark Daly from from the Backline Podcast about the Vancouver Whitecaps to preview. Wednesday night's game at Stad Saputo between the Vancouver Whitecaps and the host of Montreal Impact at home trying to go back to their winning ways in Major League Soccer after two home wins, a road loss against Chicago, and now against a Canadian rival which we are playing now and will play it a couple more times in the final of the Voyagers Cup. So we did talk about this with Mark, but first let's talk about that old, whole so dreadful game. At Toyota Park for the Montreal Impact. That uh, really did not that look that great. It's not that the effort wasn't there. But it seemed like the, the cohesion factor. And uh, the getting along on the pitch factor. Was a little bit out of whack. 
in that game. I don't know if it's because of the starting lineup, which was different. Let's just go through right now to the starting lineup, which was was really unexpected at couple's position. If you're looking at Ambrose Oyongo, who started at left attacking midfielder in that game. Rio Coker started at right back. You had Toya at the left back, Sima and Sumare in the center back position. Donadel, which was uh, ejected from the game at the 37th minute, well, during the 37th minute, with Callum Malice in the central defensive midfielder position, Piatti number 10 at the number 10, and Duca on his right, and McNerney striker, lone striker on top, was the starting 11 for Montreal. You had the players to watch for, Igbonanike, Akam. Uh, Igbonanike actually scored a goal, created a couple of opportunities, especially on Harry Ship's first goal. Harry Ship, a, maybe the Harry Kane of the MLS, maybe, in a way. Well, yeah, he's not as same type player I know, but he—that's what he reminds me of. And people are actually talking about how a Harry Ship should be called up already for the U.S. men's national team, and are saying Jurgen Klinsmann, look at this boy. I don't know if we'll see that happens, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, Maloney was able to control the game in the 10 position for Chicago, and you have to like Maloney as well as a brand new DP in Major League Soccer. But uh, let's go on Montreal's side. Like we're saying, it wasn't the greatest performance uh, for the impact. I don't know if it's maybe coming off two straight wins at home. Maybe the, uh, it's hard to say, but the possession factor. 64% for Chicago, 35 for Montreal. And usually if you follow the impact, you would say, well, they might not have had the position, but usually when they don't have the possession, the impact does the counter game which was not really existent in that game a couple of occasions. But if you have one or two occasions in that type of game, you need to bury them. Otherwise, you're going to get destroyed in 3 nothing. It's close to it. Uh, like, Montreal did not really have a lot of chances in the whole game. No saves by Chicago. <laughs> That's where you see eight saves by Evan Bush. 11 clearance. 10 fouls by the impact, 2 yellow cards to the same player, and a red card, obviously, for Donadell. So, what does it tell you? Not a lot. But the pass and accuracy of the impact is lacking a lot lately, especially against Chicago. And I think it's one of the reasons why the impact lost that game. The fact that their pass did not connect Almost majority of the time, especially in the final third. If you're looking at the passes in the final third, 49% of the passes were successful for the impact in the final third. When you look at Chicago, that's 77%. That's a huge difference. That's one quarter more for Chicago in that aspect of very aspect, very important aspect of the game is the play between two players in the most important part of the pitch, the final third, where you can create chances and goals. And when you look at the scoreboard, that stat right there is really reflective of that 3 nothing win by Chicago. So one thing that's going to be important for the impact against Vancouver is to get that final third pass accuracy percentage way up. You need to have around a 70-80% pass accuracy in the final third 
to create the most amount of chances and finally finish one of those when you have a striker like Jack McInerney on top, which, yes, he he can finish, but he can finish one out of six. You need to get that six chances. He's going to finish one of those, but you need to get that quantity in. He's not the quality. He doesn't, he's not going to finish one. He's a decent type of striker when he has a lot of chances. So you need to create quantity. So quantity wise, the impact needs to have a better pass accuracy and create more chances to make Jack McInerney able to shoot more often on goal and be that type of poacher or one out of six striker. But that's what he can be. And for the impact to be successful, you need to work with what you got. And what you got right now is McInerney up there. The other ones are injured. So you need to work accordingly and to change your tactics accordingly to get that McInerney involved in a way where he knows how to be successful and not the other way around. And as always asked him to, you have to adjust sometimes as a striker. It's a selfish position in this sport. And sometimes it needs to be built around you and not the other way around. And granted, it's not the best maybe going forward or in the future for the impact. But for now, to get results now on the pitch, to get some points now accumulated in the standings before that gap becomes unsurmountable, you basically need to find a way to involve McInerney positively on the end of that. You need to score. That's about it. He needs to score. And for him to score, he needs more chances. And for him to have more chances, you need to have the ball in the final third and create accurate passes between you two. Or you three. Or you four if you're able to involve four person in your block going forward. Let's just start with two. And let's just start with them. Be able to connect, first of all. So that's one of the ideas that I think is important going forward against Vancouver. So let's see if that works out tomorrow night, Wednesday. Stad Saputo. Speaking about that game, we have Mark Daly from from the Backline Podcast out of Vancouver in 86 Forever to talk about the beginning of the season of the Vancouver Whitecaps, their big long road trip, talk about their upcoming CCL, and even the Voyager's Cup. So let's take a quick break and listen to Mark Daly talk about the Vancouver Whitecaps. Welcome back to Off The Woodworks. Mark Daly from from the Backline Podcast, 86 Forever. Uh, Mark, we're here to talk about Vancouver. First of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Kevin. A very slow news day in the world of soccer today. Uh, it's been, what, uh, very quiet. Yeah, there, there was something maybe that Sepp Blatter resigned, but oh, I don't oh, know. Yeah, I, I, oh, yeah, I think I heard about <laughs> it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I heard one or two things, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't confirm. There, There's so much stuff on my timeline on Twitter that might <laughs> or might not be Blatter-related. So we'll see. We'll check it out later. 
Vancouver Whitecaps are in town to face the Montreal Impact Wednesday at Stade Saputo. How is, first of all, at a glance, at a quick glance, how is Vancouver's season going so far? We know they're having a good season. How are they lately? It's been a little bit up and down in the last, say, six to eight weeks or so. Uh, the Whitecaps got off to a really solid start uh, in the first, I'd say, month, month and a half of the season. And since then, it's been a little bit up and down, but uh, they picked up some key wins uh, over uh, Real Salt Lake. And then there was a notable loss against our Cascadia rivals, the Seattle Sounders, a couple of weeks ago in a game which they weren't actually all that bad. But unfortunately, Seattle scored on basically their only two ch- chances of the match, which are almost identical. And then last week, again, with uh, Real Salt Lake back in town, uh, the Whitecaps looked a lot more focused. They looked a lot more like the Whitecaps we'd seen when uh, they, they'd played better f- through that first month and a half. And the, the end results uh, really showed it. Uh, uh, it was a 2-1 result for the Whitecaps, but you cannot deny that Javier Morales's free kick uh, just before halftime for RSL was uh, nothing short of brilliant. So we'll, we'll give them that as a consolation, but uh, we do feel a little bit better this week after back-to-back losses in the, the previous two. You mentioned the beginning of the season. That brings me to a couple of uh, new players that you have this season, mainly Octavio Rivero, the new designated player, which really made an impactful debut for the Impact and continue uh, for the Impact for Vancouver and, and continued to play well. Uh, how can you describe him as a player, and what is his biggest strength, and why is he dangerous on a pitch? Well. Uh- Octavio Rivero, he's got really good vision, he's very smart, and he's also extremely quick, especially over short distances, and I think that really caught a lot of people off off guard. Uh, He's uh, notably uh, several times closed down a keeper that may have just been trying to hang on to the ball a little bit too long and maybe forced him to do something that he wasn't quite intending, and he's just, he's really smart, and and I find that if he's playing more as a, as a forward, as a poacher, uh, then then he can do a lot more. He's a lot more of a threat. If he's kind of looking to be a bit of a playmaker or something, then it tends to be a, a little bit not as effective for him. That's where we kind of look to guys like uh, Pedro Morales or Mauro Rosales and guys like that. But if you can get uh, Rivero alone in the 18-yard box uh, or even outside, he's can really work some magic. He's really lived up to expectations. He's kind of dried up up in the last several weeks but I think that's a combination of Carl Robinson just playing a single striker up top and also after that first month and a half or so I think that guys around the league know that uh, Rivero cannot be left alone and we were looking at it after the the loss to the Sounders that at times not only was it uh, Pedro Morales but Octavio Rivero always had at least two guys marking him when he had the ball and with Rivero at times, they even had three guys on him, marking him and trying to dispossess him of the ball. So I don't care if you're Octavio Rivera or who, if you have three guys marking you, it's going to be pretty tough to score a goal. Uh, speaking of the Sounders, yesterday in Miami, the draw for the upcoming CONCACAF Champions League were held. And to everybody's surprise, a Cascadia rivalry will be held in the CONCACAF Champions League in what can be called the group of that of this year, which Olympia from Honduras, Seattle Sounders and Vancouver in the same group. How's what's the feeling of the, the supporters that they're going to have to face uh, Seattle twice this uh, fall? I think that initially we were a little bit disappointed and <laughs> you, you want an exotic <laughs> team, right? You want something different. <laughs> 
Well, exactly. It, it, is, it just comes purely from that selfish uh, point of view. When you look at some of the exotic clubs uh, throughout the, the, the CONCACAF region that were in the mix, and to kind of get a team that we know so well and that we only played two weeks ago, I think the initial reaction was kind of like, oh, man. But then when you Seattle? kind of look at it, Seattle, but when you kind of look at it and Seattle is our biggest rival, period. So to take it from outside of MLS uh, league play and put it into another uh, completely different competition, I think is actually it's a, it's going to be really interesting to see because I think it's actually good too for the the marketing side for the club because when you think about it, if you have some of these clubs uh, from, from Costa Rica or wherever, maybe uh, what was that one club that was in last year from uh, from Guyana? Was it Elf, FC Alpha United or something yeah, like that? Exactly. That might be. A, a bit of a tough sell but you, you know especially if it's a midweek game but uh when the sounders were in town just two weeks ago that game was basically sold out two weeks in advance so it's easy for the the, the club to market it people are going to be up for it we all hate seattle anyway so we're going to want to come and support so it, it actually works out pretty good and when you think about it seattle is only a two-hour drive down the i-5 so when you think about it you know we've got uh, olympia and Seattle, that's not really too bad in terms of, of travel. I mean, obviously, Honduras is a little bit further away than Seattle, Washington, but it could be a lot worse travel-wise. So I think even though it's a tough group, uh, you know, just eliminate some of the travel, which is always an issue for any professional club in Vancouver, be it hockey, football, or soccer. Uh, I, I think that when you look at some of the maybe the less tangible things that maybe it is works out a little bit in their favor. If we're going back to MLS with the big uh, away stint that starts with this game against the Impact at uh, Stad Saputo, how does Carl Robinson and the team approach this long uh, trip away from home? I think that they can look at it from a positive point of view. They've had their challenges over the last month or so. There have been a couple of times they weren't really all that great, uh, especially in that second half against uh, the, the Colorado Rapids. Things didn't really go uh, the way that they wanted them to. So it's going to be a chance for them, I think, to refocus because what with the Women's World Cup just literally kicking off a couple of days from now and the final being here in Vancouver that – the spotlight soccer wise is not going to be on the Whitecaps. So, so they're out in Montreal for uh, tomorrow night. Then they're back here on the West coast to play the LA galaxy on Saturday. Then they're not back in action until the 20th when they go back out to the East coast to play back to back matches first in New York against the Red Bulls. And then on the 27th, they go up to Boston to play the revolution. And then they finally finish off this uh, road trip, uh, almost going back to where it started from a couple of weeks ago for another match against the Colorado Rapids, uh, uh, I believe, I think it's like the 4th of July, 4th or 5th of July. So they'll have some chance, I think, uh, to have a little bit of time off and a chance to sort of maybe refocus, and maybe get a chance to address some of the problems that they've had uh, over the, especially the last month, maybe six weeks or so. On top of the game tomorrow night, the Montreal Impact and the Vancouver Whitecaps will be facing each other in the final of the Amway Canadian Championships. Uh, is the championship a goal for Vancouver, even though they're going to have a lot of crowded calendar in that period in this fall? Well, I think it is for two reasons. The The first reason, Vancouver has to win the Voyagers Cup for no other reason to say that we finally have won the darn thing. And have <laughs> yep, come and- <laughs> you still haven't won it yet. 
<laughs> exactly. So just from that point of view and to maybe get that blemish off of the supporters' psyche, I think that's a priority. But also uh, myself and more fans are starting to put more of a, a, a priority onto the, the, the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, we really see it as an important step to really uh, grow the, the presence of the, the, the club and see it as a stage, as an opportunity to prove how good we are, how we measure up against other clubs, not just in MLS, but in Mexico and other uh, CONCACAF country. It's really important and again there's scores to settle with the uh, the impact uh, most recently in 2013 when the impact won the, the the Voyagers Cup on the away goals that night so there's there's no shortage of storylines there so it should be a good uh, a good match a good uh, series between the two clubs. It's just a bit of a shame that what with the the Women's World Cup in between it yeah. kind of kills the momentum a little bit and oh, yeah. y- you know there's uh, I guess another two and a half months before this thing actually happens but I think once it happens I think everybody be the 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 furore and all the excitement surrounding the World Cup will have died down, and everybody will be looking back at MLS and the Voyagers Cup. Will I, I think it uh, it'll the the interest will be there definitely in August. And the last question before I let you go, Mark: uh, How does Seb Blatter quitting affect the Vancouver Whitecaps if it does at any second sort of way? <laughs> well, that's a really good question, isn't it? I think that just for soccer in general, I think it's good. Um, you know, you obviously have all these guys that are under investigation or been arrested or under suspicion or whatever the, the case may be. And I think that just it's an opportunity now to really clean up soccer at its highest levels, you know, bring back some accountability, some transparency. And I really hope that whoever comes in to replace Bladder uh, will be... I, I'm kind of hoping it's going to be somebody from the the outside. I have you know I haven't really heard if anybody's thrown their 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 name out there yet to to say that yeah I'd be interested in the job. But somebody that I has think, a clean slate to start with. Exactly. I think that if it was somebody that is maybe not in that inner circle of FIFA, I just think that a fresh face, a fresh person from outside of the organization, might actually be the the, the better option, especially you know, from a PR point of view, I, I think that uh, FIFA's credibility now is probably at the lowest it's <laughs> ever been, been for obvious reasons. So it's a, it's a really good opportunity to build it back up and, and do it right. So it'll be interesting. And I think from there, it'll just sort of trickle down. And I think that it does have uh, a credibility issue at the moment, obviously. And it's really bad timing. What with the, the Women's World Cup, just oh, yeah. literally. <laughs> she was supposed to be the now. new trophy presenter. Well, yeah. Now that uh, comes under the, uh, I guess the 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 uh, the hashtag. Uh, well, that's awkward. <laughs> so I guess he's not going to be able to do that now. The best and, one I've uh, seen today as well. That escalated quickly. Well, no kidding. And I think that it was there was a lot of people here, especially last week, when you know th- he said for uh, quite a while that he wasn't going to travel to the United States. He just didn't feel the need to go there. I mean, the, obviously he must have figured something was up if he's avoided traveling to the states for the last several years. But then he was saying, "Oh well, I'm going to go to the uh, the, the World Cup in Canada for whatever for whichever matches. I don't know what it was, or if it was just a general statement." And I thought, "Well, gosh, you know, uh, as Canadians, we have a pretty." pretty good uh, relationship with the Americans and things like that. <laughs> we, it wouldn't be that hard for the, uh, you know, the Americans to 
get a hold of him or try to talk to him if he was in Canada. So it just also seemed that it set off a lot of the fans around saying, I can't believe that guy's going to come and show up and he'll unnecessarily take the focus away from what's going to happen on the pitch to all this corruption business. So a lot of people just didn't want to see him here for a group match or, you know, the final or anything in between. So that in itself, I think is good. I think it'll focus now with him out of the way that we can focus on the tournaments and that's where it should be. And it starts actually this uh, weekend too. So all across Canada, except Toronto, you'll get some games for the FIFA World Cup. Mark Daly from From the Backline and 86 Forever, thank you very much for joining us on After the today. It's my pleasure, Kevin. Thank you very much. And you can listen to From the Backline on iTunes, Stitcher, all the places you get your podcasts, all the podcatchers, and on 86 Forever as well. We'll be right back after this break. You are listening to Off The Woodworks with Kevin Laramie on Canadian Soccer News. To reach Kevin, you can do it by email, offthewoodworks at hotmail.com, on Twitter at Kev Laramie, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash offthewoodworks. And for more info, just go on kevinlaramie.com where you can learn how to become a patron of the show. So, back to the show. And we're back here on After What Works. I would like to thank Mark Daly from from the backline again to be part of this show to preview the Montreal Impact versus the Vancouver Whitecaps Wednesday night stats at Pupto. Look for a special After What Works post game. I will be at the game getting uh, post game interviews from the coaches and the players. So look for this later tomorrow night around midnight when I get back to the studio and able to put everything together. And until tomorrow night, well, stay out of trouble if you work for FIFA or have a great soccer.